everyone. Welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm glad to be here and I'm glad you're here too. So without further ado, I'm going to pray and I'm going to let the living waters flow. I'm just going to open myself up to the Lord and let his life-giving flow go forth. Amen. Father in heaven, I thank you so much again for another day. Another day, another privilege, another honor, Lord, that I could be that vessel, Lord, that humble vessel that you can use to pour forth living water. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that everybody who's thirsty, let them come. Isn't that what you always say? Come and drink. Come and dine. Come and see. Come believe and live forever. Lord, I pray that this message will honor you and that Lord be the chief shepherd that you will bless your own sheep. Lord, all things are to you. And I pray that you bless me in giving your word and be with my mouth and sanctify me, Lord and this message, and let it be an eternal stream that is pure for your name's sake, in Jesus' name. So about three days ago, I was finishing up the book of Ezekiel, and I came across chapter 47, and it's such a beautiful picture of the millennial kingdom but it is the picture of the river of God. And this time around, as I read it, I didn't want to leave it. I wanted to stay there. I wanted to go over every little word of it because it, it was flowing to me. It's like I was partaking of it as if I was already there. And even though I went further in my devotions, I kept bouncing back and bouncing back. And three days later, I just kept thinking about it. And every morning I would read the word, but I would keep thinking about chapter 47, about those living waters and how it's from chapter, chapter 47, 1 through 12. It talks about the waters. It begins with the waters. It says, afterwards, he brought me again into the door of the house and behold, the waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. It said, for the forefront of the house stood toward the east and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. So we see that his throne is in a high place and the waters usher out from underneath, underneath. That's what it says the threshold of the house. I don't even think I can really adequately picture that, but I tried and I always will try. And it said it came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. It says, and then he brought me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that look at eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side 
And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. And he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through. The waters were to the loins. And afterward, he measured a thousand. And it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen. Waters to swim in. A river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now, when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea. Which, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed. And everything shall live whither the river cometh. And it shall come to pass that the fisher shall stand upon it from end Gedai, even unto end Eglaim. They shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds, as the fish of the great sea, exceeding many. But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to the salt, to salt, and by the river upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side shall grow all trees for meat whose leaf shall not wither, should fade. Neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months because their waters, they issued out of the sanctuaries, the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat and the leaf thereof for medicine. This is also spoken about in Revelation chapter 22 which is a picture of the millennial land. And this is, not a, this is not a study on the millennial kingdom, which I could do some other time. I've done it before, but it's been so long ago. But I want to stick with what the living waters that were flowing through me that I was drinking over the last three days. And something just came alive in me. And I believe that these words are true spiritually. That everything that lives and moves and we live and move and have is being. That whithersoever the rivers of living life come, that we shall live and that we will be like trees that bring forth new fruit because we are a new creation. And we're one day we will experience that new life that goes in, on forever and ever, eternity of eternities. But I want to focus in the here and now because I started to think about how in the latter days, people will not put up with sound doctrine. It says they're not going to put up with sound doctrine, but they will gather unto themselves teachers having itching ears. Second Timothy chapter four. And I thought about how 
thirsty people really actually are. And I thought about the power of desperation coming upon this world. Now I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself. So let me just pause that power of desperation. Because I want to talk about that power of desperation and the word of God and the thirst and the acquisition of living water. You see, God has never changed. God's word has never changed. Now there's all these different, you know, NIVs and all these different Bibles. But the King James Version is one that has remained the same for 400 years. And I stick to it. And to me, it has always been not just the King James, because I'm not on a King James Bible teaching right now, but all my life, even when I was just a baby, starting desiring the sincere, sincere milk of the word, that I started thinking about more and more as I got older, that living water has always spoken to me. But in my older age, I look back and I think about how that living water, his word, has always nourished me up. And I can always be refreshed by his word. And his word is, there's so many things that we could teach. I could teach about his word that I've experienced. But what I want to talk about is those living waters. And they are his word. And they are found written in his Bible. Because Jesus is the word of God. Revelation 19, 13. I looked and behold, I saw one. I saw him seated upon a white horse whose vesture was dipped in blood and his name is the word of God, Jesus Christ. I think about how people these days, and I'm seeing so many people, I think to myself, really, aside from all the theatrics and all the carnival uh, rides that they're taking and they're trying to uh, they're trying to get to know God through miracle signs and wonders. They're trying to get something from the Lord, but they will not read their Bibles. But they want to gather unto themselves teachers having itching ears because they're not reading their Bibles. They just want these teachers telling them what they want to hear. But I believe with all my heart that there is a thirst. There is a real thirst, a soul thirst. For people that are poor and needy, who are hungry, who are desperate. And there is this Bible that is available to them. It's available to you. This is not a chastisement. This is not a rebuke. It's an invitation to you. The spirit and the bride say, come, come and drink of the river of water of life freely. That's what Jesus says. Whosoever thirsts, let him come. You know, a lot of people we've heard, well, a lot of people like to drink soda because they think it's, you know, they like the, they think it's a refreshing drink and maybe it is. But we all know that the more soda you drink, the thirstier you get, and it's bad for you. But notice, when you just drink good filtered water from a spring, have you ever tasted sweet waters? When you taste those sweet waters, tap water, every other water, even filtered water, is not the same. 
and we have tasted the Lord that he is good. And once you've tasted him, you know, I'm not going to settle for anything else. But you know what? No one's going to take you to that water to drink but yourself. The Lord has it ready for you to drink. And so let me set the drinking part aside. I was thinking about the years that I have uh, just cleaved to his word. Now, this is not the Jones show. This is not about me doing anything. I'm just being myself. And I am sharing with you what the Lord has done for me. And that's what we're commanded to do. That we're to share and to tell everybody day by day the glorious things he has done for us. And so I'm happy today to tell about the glorious things God has done through his word. And his word, as you know, gets deeper and deeper. And they become, at first you start at the knees, but you have to be invited there. Like that man, he said he brought me to the water. And he brought me, he said I was water up to my ankles. Isn't that what you do when you first test out waters? And then you want a little bit more. And then you want a little bit more. And next thing you know, in the word, you're swimming in it. You see, because the Jesus, it says the river of God is full of water. Everything about Jesus is refreshing living waters that flow. Jesus says if to the woman in Samaria, if you look, if you, he that believeth in me, he said uh, that he would open up a wellspring within them. Jesus said in John 7, 38, he that believeth in me, as the scripture saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But you know, it's us that stop that flow. Jesus doesn't have a problem with his water flowing. He doesn't have a problem with his sun shining. He doesn't have a problem with the currents of the sea and of the air and the wind blowing throughout the earth. He doesn't have a problem with his seasons. He doesn't have a problem with flowers that are supposed to grow in the summer in the summer but not in the winter and ones that grow all year round jesus doesn't have a problem with things he breathes life into we're the ones who stop the flow of those living waters because we want to have somebody else tell us about jesus i don't know about you i'm independent and there's always been an independence in me and so I've, I've always wanted to see what does it say for myself? What does it say for myself? I mean, there was a time I sat in church Sunday after Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, and it dawned on me one day, wait a minute. I want to see what God says to me personally. I want to read it for myself. And that began a journey for me. And that is when I began to live at the well. That is what Amy Carmichael calls it. And I didn't know to say it back then, but I say it now because I know she says it now. I think about Isaac when he went out on his own with his servants. He had his servants dig a well and the enemies poured dirt into it. And he called it a certain name and went on. It was a negative name of that well. And he dug another well. And those same enemies came and they filled up the well with dirt. And he called it another uh, name and it was a negative name for that well but the third well that he dug no enemy came against it and filled it up with dirt and he camped by it he set his tent up by it 
and all that he had, it said. And the name of that well was Rehoboth. I forgot what it means. I, it's not the point. But it was referred to, the scholars call it, the well of seven oaths. And so, you know, we're familiar with you are what you eat. You know, it says man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Doth man live? God said, I, I suffered you. It says in Deuteronomy, I suffered you to hunger. That that you that I would feed you my manna that your fathers never tasted of, but you're going to taste of it. You know, the Lord has given us his son. And Jesus paid the highest price he could pay for your life and mine. He did it willingly. He said, I, no man taketh away my life. I lay it down of my own accord. I lay it down and I take it up again. And, you know, out of his side flowed forth water and blood. From that centurion that pierced his side. But Jesus Christ conquered sin, death, and hell. And you know, I've spent a long time in this life watching a religious environment amass, amass itself, but it is the weakest that I've ever seen. And there's almost no living waters anywhere to be found. And there comes a point of independence. And I don't mind saying there are some believers that are fine never reading the Bible. They just want people to tell them what Jesus said. And there's some that are so hungry, they go, I don't care how I get it. I'm going to find a way to read it. Even if it's one, one sentence a day, because there's so many variables in all of this. But it's I'm talking about a thirst and I'm talking about a hunger that if you're truly alive and you're born again, you're feeling that hunger and thirst and Maybe the enemy is blocking you. Maybe the enemy is pressing you and oppressing you because he does not want you to drink of these living waters. Yes, chapter 47, these are real waters that are going to come forth out from under the threshold of the throne of the house of God in Jerusalem. In that 1000 year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. But yet at the same time, there are that power of the Holy Spirit, those rivers of living water that the enemy wants to stop you from reading. Don't let him stop you. Stand up because see, Satan really can't stop you. You have power to stand up and walk around and give yourself something to eat and dress yourself and go where you want to go. But if you feel that there's something that keeps stopping you from reading it, that is the enemy, just like uh, Isaac's enemies who filled up those wells. But there was one he camped by, Rehoboth. See, there's a lot of different wells out there. But they're wells that you can't drink out of. They're not living water. And they're not worthy to camp by and to live at. You know, there were so many times in my life that i was so in the word not so let me rephrase that a lot of people have said to me joni you know the word so well you've memorized it you know what it's and i thought yeah 
because it's what kept me alive. That's all I knew. He's all I had. Because my life was so terrible, all I had was the word. And his word was life to me. It became my all in all that filled all and in all. You know, I look at that scripture in Psalm 23, verse 4, uh, 4 and 5. Um, but I let me just say the verse because I have it in my mind and we all know it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I thought about that rod and staff. And you know, the rod and staff were tools of the sheep trade. And I want you to hear this because Christ is that great shepherd of the sheep. Whose sheep we are. That's our shepherd. And there's other shepherds that are dangerous. Those hirelings. Who have those wells that offer no life. David's declaration in Psalm 23 verse 4 is evidence of his total trust in God's rule. Of his ultimate source of protection and guidance, even in the darkest or most trying moments of his life. The valley of the shadow of death was reckoned as one of the most dangerous places, not only for sheep, but for shepherds too. They could slip and fall from dangerous cliffs or be attacked by wild animals. They could also lose their path and be vulnerable to prey. The sheep, therefore, totally relied on the expert skill of the shepherd to secure them across this dangerous terrain, which took them across to the good pastures. As a shepherd boy, David knew these terrains well, understood the practical dangers that lurked there. And it is important to notice that the goal is comfort. So the two, there was one that was a clubbing weapon, and the staff was to count the sheep and and for them to pass under his rod, because as he passed under his rod, he was looking, they were, he was going against the grain of their fur and he was seeing if there's any parasites in them. And he was caring for his sheep when they passed under the rod. But it's the staff that brought comfort to them. And so I started to see that God's staff, the staff of the Lord Jesus Christ really is his word, bringing comfort to us comfort to me to this day let me give you some for instances there's times in my life that i feared bad news and awful impending danger and then i would go through the scriptures trying to find anything to help me and then i found a, a strong trustworthy verse he shall not be afraid of evil tidings his heart is fixed trusting in the lord and that became a staff to me. There was another time I was left crushed and brokenhearted. And there was many times of that actually. And I found another staff of promise from Psalm 30 verse five, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. When there was someone I so deeply loved became homeless. I remember weeping as I was looking through the 
pages of my Bible and I came across Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and their children shall have a place of refuge. In other words, he's saying, and that became a staff to me. He's saying, have confidence in me. Have confidence in me. When I found myself widowed and having nowhere to lay my head and all hope of being saved departed from me, all hope lost. I remember just sitting there just blankly with my Bible, not knowing what was going to happen to me. And I thought of that scripture in Psalm 142, 3, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me because I was overwhelmed. Then thou knewest my path. And that scripture became a staff to me, a comfort. And there was, when during a time I found myself literally all alone, I found another staff in James 4, 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all man forsook me. I pray God that it be not be laid to their charge, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me, strengthened me. There was another time I was forced to move so far away from everything I knew, from where I was born and raised, everything that I loved. I was forced to leave everything behind, everybody behind, because of terrible circumstances. I saw that verse in Psalm 139, though I take the wings of the morning, and dwell on the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there thy hand shall find me, and thy right hand shall lead me. If I sit in darkness, yea, even the light, darkness shall be light, darkness shall be light about me, for the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. And there were times of times where I just felt myself, you know, in emergencies where I didn't have time to think or anything. I just had to go. And then I thought, Lord, there's no time for me to even pray to get through this. I have to go. I have to do this in an emergency. I grabbed my oldest, trustiest, trustworthiest staff. Low. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And now, you know, I was thinking today, even I was saying, you know, Lord, even in my old age, and I'm looking, we're all looking at stuff. And, you know, when you get older, you start to wonder, what is what does it look like for me if the Lord should tarry? What does life look like now in this world that we're living in? And I thought of that verse. That is my staff. I have been young and now I'm old. And as long as I've lived, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. Back to Ezekiel 47, 9. And it shall come to pass that every 
thing that lives, liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. These waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live, whither the river cometh. You know, when I think of those times, I see it like a collage in my mind of every terrible thing that ever happened to me. But I was living at the well. I camped by it. You know, I think of those words in First Kings 8.56. Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel. According to all that he promised, there hath not failed one word of all his good promises. And his word is a staff unto you and a comfort as long as you lean into it and press into it, press into Christ. He is the word of life. And when you read your Bible, remember this, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord stands forever. It remains forever. Christ is the word and he keeps his word and he will keep his promises to you. You find those verses, you start drawing out of that well and you start taking, partaking of those living waters. Then those living waters will come forth out of your belly and every word that you speak, you're going to start speaking his word. See, those words are going to start coming out of you. Everybody's arguing about this and arguing about that. They're living in the marshes and in the miry places that cannot be healed. You know, I just want to say this. The longer I've lived, the more I have enjoyed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Jesus tells us not to fear. Jesus tells us not to be afraid. He tells us to trust in him. He says, trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge unto us. All these words of Christ are trustworthy and true, for it is impossible that he should lie. For God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent, son of men that he should repeat repent he said once i have spoken shall i not do it you know it says the eyes of the lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth seeking seeing whose heart is perfect in him that me he may show himself strong through this morning i read about in acts chapter one when peter stood up and he began to tell everybody about Judas. Look, we had Judas with us, but he fell away and he went to his own place. And now there has to be another one that will fill by, you know, because he's quoting the word, a prophecy from Psalms. Let him die, but let another man take his bishopric. And it was a prophecy of Judas. And it says, and two men were chosen. Joseph. Of, let me just see it right here. I want to say his name right. 
Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. It says, and they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knoweth the hearts of all men, show whither of these two thou hast chosen. And you know, that just struck me. And it became so beautiful to me because I believe Joseph called Barsabbas was a beautiful man, or they would not have even said, Lord, we have these two candidates here. But it said that when they prayed to God, when they turned to the Lord and prayed, they said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, whether of these two thou hast chosen, that they may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he may go to his own place. And they gave forth lots and lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven. And, you know, I just see that everything of our lives and all that we do and everything that's coming that we see is coming like an avalanche against us or some tidal waves of terror and mountains moving out of their place and volcanoes blowing up over there and diseases and plagues sweeping the earth and 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 just terror everywhere these days we can look to the lord and say lord thou who knowest the hearts of men and you see, that's where you serve the Lord from. And that is where your thirst comes from. And have you ever noticed you keep going back to the same source, but you are never satisfied? You keep going back to the same wells, but they're really just marshes and miry places that cannot be healed. So no healing can come to you. Don't let anybody stop you. From going to his Bible, to this word, look, it says heaven and earth, like I said, it's going to pass away. One day, you could even leave this earth today, then what? You could leave it next week, then what? It says we brought nothing into this world. It is certain you can carry nothing out. But I do say this. David says this in one of his Psalms. Our hearts shall live forever. So I say, yes, there are going to, there's going to be one thing that will make it out of this earth. And that is the heart of love for Jesus Christ. Because really, when we all go to heaven, there's not gonna be somebody looking over there saying, oh, look who's there, look who's there. No one's gonna care. All eyes will be on Christ. Why wait till you get there? If you are thirsty, the invitation stands. Come to the fountain. It says, with thee, David said, with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Finally, it says in Hebrews eleven twenty five, by faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon his staff. And I just pictured myself holding this staff that I have walked with the Lord all the days of my life that has comforted me the word of life, Christ, the staff and rod. And upon him, I've leaned upon and those words will come to pass. Who is that? Who is she coming forth out of the wilderness? Leaning upon her beloved. Lean into the word of God. You know, when you lean, you're really trusting on something you lean on. 
to support your life. I'll tell you. Jacob leaned upon his staff and worshiped the Lord and blessed his children. And I pray that that staff, that word of God, is the one staff you will use for the rest of your life. And that you will find that those, the word of the Lord will become rivers to swim in. And they'll breathe, bring life into you and healing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Take your staff and let the word of God be your comfort, your guide, your joy, and all that Christ is to you, your staff, that'll take you all the way home. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you and let his face shine upon you and be filled with the Holy Spirit.